The Retropod podcast is sponsored by United Concordia. United Concordia is proud to welcome newly eligible military retirees into the 2019 FedVIP program. And we're unique because United Concordia has military retirees who can help you throughout the FedVIP enrollment process. United Concordia Dental, our mission, healthy mouths. Hey, history lovers. I'm Mike Rosenwald with Retropod, a show about the past rediscovered. This is a story about love and hate. The protagonist is Mark Twain. The object of his desire and then resentment is the typewriter. Twain first laid eyes on a newfangled typing machine, as he called it, sometime in the early 1870s. He was, by then, on his way to becoming the world's most famous writer and humorist, Huck Finn, Tom Sawyer. At the same time, the tools of writing were undergoing a profound transformation, from fountain pens with their leaking and smudging ink to the pleasant sound of tapping a key whose corresponding letter was magically stamped to paper. This new technology did not emerge with the speed of a tweet. According to an IBM history of the typewriter, one of the first American attempts at producing such a machine looked very much like a butcher's block and unfortunately performed with about the same delicacy. Christopher Latham Scholes, who was ultimately the first American to build a typewriter like the ones we no longer use today, was stymied early on when the only key he could get to work was W. But by 1871, when Twain laid eyes on a Remington in a Boston store, the machines were somewhat reliable, at least according to salesmen. Twain and a friend were given a demonstration. Twain later recalled, The salesman explained it to us, showed us examples of its work, and said it could do 57 words a minute, a statement which we frankly confessed we did not believe. So he put his type girl to work, and we timed her by the watch. She actually did the 57 in 60 seconds. We were partly convinced, but said it probably couldn't happen again. But it did. We timed the girl over and over again, with the same result always. She won out. Twain asked for a price. $125, he was told. That's like 2500 bucks today. He bought it on the spot. Twain recognized its utility as a writing tool almost immediately. In a letter he typed to his brother that contained somewhat infrequent punctuation, Twain wrote, The machine has several virtues. I believe it will print faster than I can write. One may lean back in his chair and work it. It piles an awful stack of words on one page. It don't must things or scatter ink blots around. Of course, it saves paper. But Twain fell out of love rather swiftly. After a year or two, I found that it was degrading my character, Twain later wrote via dictation in his autobiography. Instead of virtues, he found the machine to be full of caprices, full of defects, devilish ones. Twain gave his machine to his writer pal, William Dean Howells. Twain said that without the typewriter in his life, my morals began to improve. It's worth noting here that Twain was a bit of a fibber, 
even when telling stories intended to be true. Anyway, Twain said Howes sent the machine back to him after just six months. I gave it away twice after that, Twain said, but it wouldn't stay. Twain tried to figure out who to unload it on next. He settled on a train coachman who, Twain said, was very grateful because he did not know the animal and thought I was trying to make him wiser and better. As Twain told it, the coachman eventually traded it to a heretic. Twain would ultimately come back to the typewriter. His 1883 book, Life on the Mississippi, was the first literary work to be completed on the machine, according to scholars. Still, Twain's thoughts about typewriters remain some of his most quoted lines, especially a letter he apparently sent Remington asking the company to cease and desist from using his name as an endorsement. Please do not use my name in any way, Twain wrote. I don't want people to know I own this curiosity-breeding little joker. I'm Mike Rosenwald. Thanks for listening. And special thanks to Ann Lee for making this podcast so successful. For more forgotten stories from history, visit WashingtonPost.com slash Retropod.